I'm Kelly Llewellyn. And I'm Greg Homme. And this is Caveman and Counselor. Hello and welcome to Caveman and Counselor, the podcast that delves into the multifaceted world of mental health and recovery brought to you by behavioral health therapist Kelly Llewellyn and me, Greg Homme, a passionate advocate for behavioral health. In today's episode, we're excited to shed light on the topic that holds great importance, body positivity. Before we begin, we want you to provide a content warning. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide direct help or replace professional advice. If you or someone you know is struggling, we encourage you to seek the guidance of a qualified professional. Hey, we're honored to have two really special guests joining us today. First, we have Kate Omey, a AMFT, Associate Marriage Family Therapist, and she works with clients with body dysphoria, people who just aren't happy with their bodies, um, and in the field of body positivity. We also have David Mallow. Um, he's a recovery coach and interventional intervention specialist, easy for me to say, for substance abuse disorder. Um, and he is someone who's in recovery from body image struggles. And he's going to bravely share his personal journey about self-acceptance and body positivity. In other words, this doesn't just pertain to women. Together, we'll explore the challenges, triumphs, and supportive strategies that play a pivotal role in cultivating a healthy relationship with our bodies. So whether you're a mental health professional, someone who has personally navigated body image issues, or simply interested in understanding these important topics, this episode is for you. So put your headphones on and prepare to shift your perspective on your body because each and every one of us deserves to love ourselves. So guests that we have with us today, uh, Greg, is Kate Homey. You know Kate very well. Um, and well, she's, <laughs> she, I know her she, well. You know her well. She's a very sure, she's a busy lady. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, Dave Mallow is here with us. We've talked about him. And in the background, besides hey, Greg and I. Now, Dave, I know Dave very well. You know Dave very well. You guys. <laughs> but not in the guys, biblical sense. No, but you guys love each other. But and also <laughs> in the background, just so you guys know, there is my puppy making all kinds of noises. So that's what that is. But he cannot be left alone for the next couple months during this podcast. So he might chime in at any time. So let's go ahead and get started. Um uh, Kate, what brought you into this field? What kind of got you so interested in working in body positivity? Hmm. Um, I would say having a body and yeah. going through my own, um, my own relationship struggles, um, ups and downs with my relationship with my body. And also, um, once I started working with clients with eating disorders and, struggles with their own relationships with their bodies. I just became very um, interested and passionate about not only healing my relationship with my own body, but seeing that in other women and teens and men as well. It certainly is a problem, isn't it? We see it a lot with our clients, don't we, Kate? But yeah. Whether they have eating disorders or not. I mean, how many countless people do I have saying, I just hate my body? And yet, you know, their yeah. body does so much for them, right? You know, we point out to clients that um, our body is not just like how we look on the exterior, but, you know, it allows us to hug the people we love, right? Smell, wonderful yep. smells. Um, so one thing when we talk about body positivity is that I think because of maybe the hashtags and the social media presence of body positivity, that there's an, 
idea that it's all about like appearance positivity. And I think you just touched on something about like all the things that our bodies do. It's body positivity goes so much deeper than being positive about our appearance at all times. Um, and there's a few other phrases that I really like, um, body acceptance, body neutrality, body trust. Um, I think that some of these other terms, along with body positivity, give kind of a, a more full picture of what it means to have a body positive approach to ourselves in relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, okay, you grew up as a young woman in Southern California. No pressure mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you want to say to that? <laughs> yeah, no pressure there. And also, and the generation of, I think I was a junior when MySpace became a thing. And then oh, yeah. college was when Facebook became a thing. So this growing up kind of before social media, but then in adolescence and young adulthood, having social media be such a prominent um, part of life and how much comparison is there. Um, and actually, I know just from working with clients and teens right now that there can be so much negative and pressure that they feel um, when using social media. But in my experience in the last couple of years, there's also so much education and positive aspects too. And a lot of it comes down to how we curate our social media to either be a source of learning and education and and representation of people in all shapes and bodies. And, um, and I think a lot of it comes down to the way that we intentionally curate that for ourselves. Yeah. And it can be a very positive thing too. Kate, you're probably a little too young. You would know this. You would know this from a historical perspective. Um, and David and, and Greg and I were children at the time. But back in the day when um, Mr. Rogers got started, and he mm. was before Congress, he was trying to get funding for public television because he really wanted to remote television. You saw television is this wonderful, positive experience or a horrible dragon that was going to take our society down because of what it taught children, all the cartoons and art fighting and all of that. You're kind of saying the same thing with mm -hmm. social media. It can be a great source. I mean, our kids in eating and our kids and adults in eating disorder program, they all use different social media sites that are that are anti-eating disorder, body positivity, health at every size, all of those. Yes. But we really have to be careful, man. And you've got a daughter and a son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I think having a daughter, actually, now that you say that, you asked the question before of, of what kind of inspired passion for this topic. And I think a huge part of it was having kids and having a daughter who um, mm -hmm. I want to model for her what it looks like to have a healthy relationship with my body and appreciation of my body. And that doesn't um, doesn't stop at just accepting appearance. And usually accepting appearance is what we're talking about with the hardest part. But it's like diving deeper into that and into embodiment and experiencing the universe through our bodies and how much... Um, gratitude we can give our bodies for what they allow us to do and what they allow yeah. us to experience. Yeah. David, I'm so curious to listen as I'm, I watch you on the screen here. I know mm -hmm. you've been up, down, and all around with your body image and your relationship mm -hmm. with food. But mm -hmm. speaking about body image, where are you at with that today? And tell, tell us about your journey. Okay. <clears throat> um, it's going to start in my childhood in the 60s where, you know, so I can remember. Do we have enough time for this, David? Yeah, I'm going to make it short. <laughs> Two hours. <laughs> and, and sweet. 
But it started in the 60s. I remember being a little kid mm -hmm. and feeling that there was something wrong or bad about me because mm -hmm. I was in a larger container. I wasn't a particularly really big kid, but that didn't matter. And my friends, I didn't get personally didn't get teased about. It was within my, my family of origin wow. that I was getting these messages that, you know, um, you're supposed to look a certain way. That was even more important than the way that you acted. I'm the youngest of three. I have two older sisters. And so I saw them struggle with that too. And um, it didn't matter what they looked like or, or, you know, how shapely and cute and how good they looked, they still, it was never thin enough, right? Mm. You never looked enough like the cover of that magazine or the woman that was, you know, in that television show. And I watched that as the youngest of three, but for myself, you know, it was, I was on Weight Watchers before I was 10 years old. <sighs> and I remember shopping at a Sears store in the Husky department because mm -hmm. I didn't, because I was a little bit bigger kid mm -hmm. and that, that made me feel different. There was, mm -hmm. like, there was something wrong with me. And the positive, the positive feedback that I would get from my parents was if I shrank a little bit, you know, if I went on that diet that worked temporarily and I lost a few pounds, then that was a big deal. And I was rewarded for that by, you know, through love and appreciation. And otherwise, you know, and, and that just carried, that was as a kid, that carried through so that as a, as an adolescent, you know, if I went to uh, the, the, the uh, city plunge to go swimming with the kids or go to the beach. I wouldn't take my shirt off because I was embarrassed. I had you know, it affected, a lot of boys. <laughs> yeah, it affected my whole life. And, um, and you know, that was in my teen years. And as I got older, I just ignored it. Um, my ride w went into other substance use disorders and and other issues that I used in, in order to uh, change the way that I was feeling. And, and food was always there. And so until I decided that I really wanted to, to, to take a look at this, it was a problem for me. But when I did, um, I realized I was miserable. And so I was willing to take an objective view. Okay, so now you know what the problem is. And you realize that, you know, some of it is the relationship to food, but that this is all connected. And so um, I made a, a conscious decision. I didn't want to be miserable anymore. I mean, I had to really t take that step with myself and say, do you, do you want to be happy? Then there's some things that you can do in order to improve your life. So what were those and things? The first one was to stop beating myself up. I had to start with me instead of looking externally again, as I had done in the past. And as I just explained, to get it from people, to get it from um, substances, to get it from the outside. I had to first tell myself that I was worthy and that I needed to make a change and that mm -hmm. who was going to do this if not me, mm -hmm. you know, the greatest love had to come from within. And the best way to do that was to take that step forward. So I started to take some, <clears throat> some um, steps in working on what was that? Um, one, of, one of them was uh, looking at the power that food had over me and was I eating in a disordered fashion? Um, that was a part of it. Um, the other was to start to, I did, a, I did and still do a lot of volunteer work and that boosted and lifts my self-esteem. So when I do that, I like myself. I can see that you like me, regardless of what, how Greg loves to tease me. He loves me, right? I love but, him. <laughs> I love you too. In all okay, seriousness, I, you know, I, I know that pe the way that people looked at me was not how I looked at me. And mm -hmm. I became aware of that too. And through you know, doing unselfish things and helping other people, like I said, that also boosted my self-esteem. And um, 
I think the the a combination of those things. I exercise now. I eat differently. I meditate. Um, I I listen to music that makes me happy, and um, I think through all those things, uh, I've just had this change where it's I've gone from being miserable and not liking myself to actually being able to say I love myself and yeah. not even feel strange about that. I like me. I like my company, and I hope that that. Yeah. Um, is something that other people can see and yeah. that it'll affect them. Yeah. And so you found that really helping other people helped you like yourself more. Because I know when I go to an event and David Mallow walks in the room with his wife, Joey, she just rolls her eyes as women come up and hug you from left and right. <laughs> because every, And guys do, because everybody loves you. Because you do a lot for your community and you help people feel good about themselves. And, um, and it, like you said, you take care of your what I call the container. That's so important. Mm -hmm. Kate, mm -hmm. what do you think about that self-care, Greg? What do you guys think about about that, what David's saying, feeling better about himself was learning to take care of his body and then being of service? Do either of you have anything to say about that? Um, Greg, do you? I don't want to cut you off if you do. Oh, <laughs> we cut each other off all the time. It's okay. Just jump on in, Kate. <laughs> Got to get a um, word in. <laughs> I was thinking... David, while you were talking about how when we are so limited by our negative body image, and I've experienced that too many times, we're so prevented um, or, or held back from so many experiences and how part of, part of improving body image is going out and doing, it's like which one comes first sometimes. And I think that can be, that's something that we work on, um, you know, that I worked on with clients and personally too, is like making a choice to experience something, even if there is a negative um, view of my own appearance at the time, or if there's something that that is causing an insecurity to make that choice to do the thing anyway. And after that, there's such a, I think, freedom and appreciation of what that experience is that it then leads to more of that, which it kind of is, it reminded me of what you were talking about a little bit. Yeah. You underplay yourself so much, Kate, because I know I see the work you do with clients. And it's really interesting because you just, what you just said is go do the thing anyway, no matter how you feel about yourself. Because people with body image issues tend to want to stay at home. They want to isolate. They want to not mm -hmm. take care of themselves, not socialize. And socializing is so important for our emotional well-being and our physical well-being. You know, what? Other, that's a great recommendation you give clients. Is there another recommendation you give people? I'm sure there are. I know there are others. Give another recommendation besides, you know, going out there and doing the thing anyway. How else do you feel, help people feel better about their containers? Mm, I think something that that has been, something I've noticed that's been helpful is, um, Sometimes we have emotions about our emotions. So this has come up a few times where maybe the emotion is um, like sadness about appearance or, or some negative feeling. And then on top of that, there's guilt about feeling that sadness. And so something I've worked on in myself mm -hmm. is trying to release that meta emotion of guilt or shame or whatever it is and just accept the feeling as it is and then <coughs> continue on through it. Um and I think part of that is tied in with um, embodiment and recognizing and, and living out um, other aspects to our experience and to being alive outside of appearance. 
and maybe mm-hmm. minimizing the way that appearance, um, like the space that that takes up in our minds mm-hmm. and in our views of ourselves, recognizing that appearance is um, a part of us, but it's not the source of our value or worth. Um, and right. that right. goes very directly against, I think, what a lot of us are conditioned and socialized to believe, um, whether Completely. men or women, whatever yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah, because even if you have parents telling you, oh, no, how you look doesn't matter and all that, but you have a mom who's saying, oh, God, I look so fat in this bathing suit. I'm so gross, Mm -hmm. which we hear all the time. You know, the kid, the child gets the message. It's really not about what what I'm saying about how you should feel about you, how you look. It's what parents are saying about themselves and, you know, just the conversation that we have. Gregorio, what are your thoughts? Uh, Well, I'm I'm just reflecting on um, just even the the whole premise of this uh, conversation is is how society has talked us into right somehow the quality of our character or the quality of our as us individuals has something to relate to do with how we look or the amount of weight that we carry like david's a great example like david's an awesome guy and he he will give you the shirt off his back and he's the kind of guy that I call if I have something, I'm having a problem with something, you can count on him, right? So it's like, it's sad that that's like even part of the equation about someone's value or their worth. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's by demonstrating by your acts, but, but we carry that rock. Yeah, I do too. I struggle with my weight. I'm overweight, you know, (laughs) I love the use of the term. I was just thinking about that today is like morbidly obese. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's just going to jump in there when you just yeah. said that, because about to be your wife a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and point out you that are I, I know I'm your wife. I'm sorry for that, but you <laughs> mm-hmm. just have to deal. But yeah. bottom, yeah, I know it's it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, but somebody has somebody has to do it. So yeah. that being said, Greg, you know, um, you are hard about yourself, and you I know oh, that you, uh, yeah, yeah, I right. know that you struggle with it, and yeah. you know, you finally opened up to me about how you really feel. Yeah. You know, I I see you as my hunk of hunk of burning love, right? right. But other people. <laughs> May not, but you rather don't see yourself. Well, that that's, way that's true. I, I I don't really have a very positive body image about myself, and mm-hmm. it's like, and yeah, that's it. It's connected to all different parts of my life, mm-hmm. and and food. What sucks about food is you can't quit food. You can yeah, quit exactly. heroin. You can't quit food. Yeah. You can quit alcohol. Can't quit food. You can quit sex, but you can't quit food. So it's <laughs> so you're in some sense you're. It's all about the, how your your relationship with it, and then because my because you work in eating disorders, like it's really, it's kind of in some sense paradoxical, right? You know, and but I had to at some point let all that stuff go, and and it's not it's not easy, and it it ebbs and flows like the tide, you know. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, well, it's no big deal, but other times it's like, oh my god, look at this guy. And it's that's the internal dialogue I'm having with myself, and it's like, and saying it and doing it are really two things. And um, so I'm always, always so compassionate with people that kind of struggle with that. And then we see people in our program that are like, like thin, like dangerously thin, and they still see themselves as heavy. So it's it it. Well, I, and not, I think it's – go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, not even that. I mean, when they look in the mirror, what they see is distorted. And even if, if it was distorted, which – why is it bad? You know, why have we come up with that label about how we're supposed to look? So 
it's well we know why because because we have a society that is based on looks <laughs> you know and and not not really the quality of the individual or what their intellect or their level of generosity <laughs> the 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 and we, that's all we see <laughs> you know that's all we see in on media and in social media and all of that stuff and it's and it's way toxic and at some point I feel like that just makes it more difficult to kind of like to feel positive about yourself. Mm -hmm. You literally have to start filtering all those other images that you you're not even aware you're seeing. And um, so, man, this is this is no joke. This is complicated. And and you see in the statistics that our our country is becoming more unhealthy and not and they are equating it and think about it too they're equating it of to being overweight and it's like no there's mm-hmm. all these other factors too i mean like just the toxic toxic nature of it sizeism um mm-hmm. anti-fat bias fat phobia is is a form of oppression that's so accepted in our society and it it's one that impacts every group every other marginalized group that um that is oppressed there are people in fat bodies in all of those groups and thank you for um, bringing that up it's super right. important yeah and mm-hmm. and also healthism like this this belief that there's i think it's so insidious that there's um hierarchies based on bodies whether those bodies are like because of size because of health and you see this i mean to bring up social media again when fat people and i'm saying that term as a taking back that term. Um, mm-hmm. I use I use that term to describe myself as well. Um, mm-hmm. But when there's people in larger bodies that are just existing on social media, there's so many comments that are tearing them down with the, the message of like, oh, I'm just concerned about your health. And, right. and this <laughs> type of commentary yeah. and um, opinions mm-hmm. where like nobody knows someone else's health based on the right. way that they look. Like that is not one, oh. anybody's business. These are not doctors commenting this. Um, Kate, you have to have David tell you my favorite, one of my favorite David stories about being at the gym with this person. He was mm-hmm. had he had a personal trainer. You still do, I think, David. And mm-hmm. that guy came up to you, another trainer. Right. And you you were in a small, a larger container at the time, and yes. he asked you if you were getting the results you wanted. And I love, love, love David's response. Kate, hang on to this. What I told him was, you know, I am getting the results that I want. I manage stress, I sleep better, I feel better, and my life is just better overall because I come in here and work out at the gym. And I I know, because Kelly and I have spoken about it, that I think we all know what his what he was thinking was numbers, right? Yeah. Are you losing this? Are you gaining yeah. that? What are, are your you... biceps? Right. Yeah. Exactly. What have, yeah, what, where you were like you? A good client. <laughs> right. Where were you? What are your goals? Where do you want mm. to be? I'm reaching my goals. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm yes. hitting my goals. I feel better. I will do my cardio. I lift weights because it makes me feel good. That's the number one reason. Kelly, I wanted to, yeah. to answer also from a minute ago some yes. of the things we were talking about. One of them is um, is being accepting of who I am right where I am now and, and also to try to be as accepting as possible as the world is the way it is. I wanted to change so badly, but mm-hmm. I can't change it except in changing myself, right? And, I, and I'm doing that. But the other thing is I'm seeing a very slow – and Kate, you alluded to it. I'm seeing a very mm-hmm. slow shift 
as far as seeing celebrities, television commercials, um, designers, if you will, and shifting to seeing, you know, what there's a mix of people out there. We're yes. all sizes and We're flavors, seeing it more. right? Yes. We're seeing it more yes. and more. And I'm I'm taking that as a positive. Kate made a good point about that because you have this this pushback. My personal take on that, well, you don't like it, don't look. You know, change the <laughs> channel if you're unhappy with something. You know, nothing I can do about it, and I'm going to pray for you. That's a takeaway. Because you don't like it, don't look. That's a David Vanilla like takeaway. Yeah, don't you look. don't like it, don't look. And <laughs> and I'm going to pray for you because I feel bad that you, that you're maybe spiritually sick. That this is something that you you know feel so strongly about and it has nothing to do with you, right? It's just an opinion that you're giving that you think, again, maybe that person's unhealthy. Do you, you know? I, I question that. Do you really care about me that much? You don't really know me. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's all reflection on you, like Kelly said. Yeah. yeah. And I be, and I believe that. And I really think that it starts with self-respect. It starts with um, accepting myself exactly where I am right now and right today and forgiving myself. Right. So yeah. I have to forgive myself, forgiving myself for being hard on me. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Forgiving mm-hmm. myself for being hard on me and nothing else. I've done nothing else wrong. You know, that- if I want... If I want to love myself, yeah. I have to start with my, I'm at the top of that list. I have to love myself yeah. first. I have to forgive myself and I have to accept myself. Then uh, I can start to practice those things for other people. But it is, I'm not going to lie. It's easy to get pulled into that, that, um, you know, that drain or into a shame spiral where I feel yeah. bad about feeling bad about feeling yeah. bad. Yeah. And then I have to just stop myself and say, you know, you're doing it. Um, That's, you know, that jumps into what Kate is always talking about, which is self-compassion. And Greg calls it, you talked about on one of our episodes too, Greg, about about, um, accepting our humanity or being ashamed of our humanity. That's what you said. Um, Mm. But Kate, you know, David, you've done so much work on shame. I mean, just for the audience out there, Brene Brown's done some great work on that. But hey, you know, John Bradshaw did. This has been around a long time, this idea that shame is so toxic. And we do, you know, we got to think about that. I have to think about that when I make comments about my body, if I make negative comments about aging, for example. Um, You know, what am I, what am I modeling to other people about the acceptance of aging? Is we baby boomers are, you know, we're on the, we're on the rise, (laughs) right? We've been around. So, um, yeah, these are, these are important questions, this, this trivial things that we say. Yeah. I've had some really... Um, impactful conversations with friends and clients about about what it's like, what the difference is when they look at someone else, maybe in a larger body versus the way that they view themselves in the mirror and the messages when it comes to somebody else that it's like, oh, that's that's fine. Like they're beautiful. They're living their life. It's so much acceptance. But then when it's in the mirror, the message is completely different. Hmm. And I've had some friends where we say like, well, what makes us special that we don't get the same kind of, and I think Kelly, actually, you said that to me one time that was like, well, what makes you different that you can't give the message to yourself that you give to somebody else? Oh, And I yeah. think that was really impactful to just um, to absorb and to really make part of my mindset is like when I see representation, whether it's celebrities, social media, people in real life who are existing and living their lives and, um, and just being proud of their bodies and themselves, it's so easy to celebrate, but doing that ourselves can feel like a completely different thing and trying to speak to myself and think about myself the way I would these other people that I love and care about. 
Especially when you're needing to sort of therapist, Kate, and you're coming up against mm-hmm. that with other people and their distortions all the time, right? Well, not e- yes. I, I would yeah. ask, why, <laughs> why when we when we review ourselves or talk to ourselves that we always question our sincerity? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when someone else would say that, and you'd be very supportive of it. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, that's that in itself is kind of telling of really kind of the. How, in some sense, it it's been deeply uh, embedded in us, you know. And, and Ooh, Greg, that's such a good point. Embedded yeah. by what? And then that helps us recognize it's not oh. even us. It was something that well, was put in. It was conditioning. It was yeah. never us well, in the first place. I, I I'm not a fan of conspiracy theories, but I could go <laughs> on this one pretty deep because <laughs> that's part of why it it perpetuates itself is because it's just, you know, it it. It, because it's, I think it's the advent of, of television, you know, so it's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a picture. So of course they want the nicest picture that they possibly can. And the same thing we see in social media. And that's not really a uh, reality. I don't, I don't really ever believe anybody lived it, lived like leave it to beaver or anything like that. But mm-hmm. that's was the, those were things were imprinted on us sometimes subtly and, and sometimes not so much. So you know, I, I attribute it to us being, I'm, I was born in 63, you know, and us just kind of growing up with all of those pictures on television. And, mm-hmm. and um, so it slowly shaped it and you still see it where basically you're very rarely will you see anybody that's not a perfect ideal weight or a little bit thinner to be modeling something or selling something. So we constantly get that picture reinforced in us. So I, I really think it's that some planet. And then, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough that uh, I wasn't subjected to a lot of stuff that happens to people around food, and especially women, uh, young girls and their moms and those kind of things that start a really negative spiral about uh, with eating disorders. So it's really interesting when you sit down and kind of look at a, like a scope of things. It's like a pretty complex problem. And only now we're seeing as a society that's really showing up and just basically making being unhealthy, but not so much from the food. Well, from the food, but not not in the sense that we used how we used to do things. You know, and I, I am no expert in any way of this, but you just kind of as a as a uh, novice, you can kind of see like that the things have been really changing. Like even when they did that Super Size Me that kind of movie that caught it like this huge kind of that was uh, out, mm-hmm. uh, reformatting of the food industry. And then, of course, we all forget about it. And so, I, I mean, I don't mean to go down the conspiracy road, but it, it's like, you know, it's yeah. it's pretty interesting. It's a bit it's a bigger problem than I, I think we're willing to accept. It is tough. You know, there's all this uh, this research, yeah. uh, medical research about extra weight, extra adipose yeah. t- tissue, especially around the midsection mm-hmm. and metabolic dis- metabolic syndrome, yeah. the increase in type 2 diabetes, which is just rampant among children. Um, so these are diseases not just because we're living longer, we're seeing these diseases in children because of our relationship with food. So this is really hard because, you know, there's that piece of it too. But this is a different conversation. This is about, like David, you know this very well, when you were hating your body and you were on all kinds of diets. Kate, I don't know if you've been on diets, I've been on them left, right, Greg, Mm -hmm. you have, up, down, and all around. 
You know, the research shows that 95% of dieters will regain their lost weight in a year, plus five pounds more. The only successful diet we have, or the most successful, is weight loss, excuse me, is Weight Watchers, which on average gives an average of six pounds a year. That's it. So we know weight loss doesn't really work. These diets don't work. So we're in a conundrum because we want to feel better. We want to be healthier. And that speaks, David, to you looking at like what you do eat when you talk about it with mindful eating, Mm -hmm. eating foods that serve you, having exercise in your life. So, and Kate knows that that's about health at every size. Would you kind Mm -hmm. of somebody define health at every size? And yeah, basically that weight is not is not the main or primary indicator of health, that our health is determined by blood tests, EKG, um, you know, blood pressure readings. Like that is how you determine what health is from a doctor. The, the most important predictors of health are do you eat fruits and vegetables? Do mm-hmm. you um, uh, smoke? Do you use drugs or alcohol? Do you mm-hmm. have community in your life? including puppies who chew up your toys and things like that. Do you get good sleep? Right? Right. Water? It's like such a more holistic view holistic. of health. Holistic. It's not just what's yeah. an exercise, of course, getting your heart rate up. So all those things are, you know, people say, well, you don't need to exercise. You're thin to somebody. Well, everybody needs to exercise. <laughs> That's like saying not everybody needs to sleep, Right. I think one more thing that maybe we'd add to that list that you were just going through is like, give yourself a break. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Through all of that, because hating yourself about it and going through all of that, and I have personal experience, man, it's just, it doesn't make it any better, you know? And then about, that's maybe my perspective of body positive is just like, just Mm -hmm. lay off yourself, man, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you know, like self-hatred like, yeah. is not a sustainable motivator. <laughs> <laughs> Can we write that down somewhere, Chloe? We need well, I, don't, to- I don't know. It's a lot of people, that that is their thing. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I ha- obviously I have a part of it because I'm just not, I'm just not happy, but it's about it. But it's, it's just let off yourself. And I, I, I like David, I'm a, my harshest critic. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the other thing, too, is I know all the things that you guys don't know about me. <laughs> you know, all the little dark secrets in the back of my mind that I think mm. Do are, I know all something. of them? Uh, <laughs> not all. Okay. More to I'm be, a man of More is to be revealed. Okay. Yes. Okay. Over okay. time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, if, if I could offer anything to this, it's like, just like, hey, man, just give yourself a break. You know, it's like, and the other thing, too, is. Going back to the whole humanity thing it's, is, you know, don't be ashamed of of you being having your, you know, your defects because that, you know, that's just part of you. I mean, so and I, I mean, I guess I'm saying this to to say to myself that, you know, hey, give Greg a Greg a break. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not I perfect, but hey, I keep trying to push to the right direction. Yeah. I think we have, when you say, like, give yourself a break, something that I think helps me do that is like having more of a perspective of the systemic versus individual capability Mm -hmm. at times to even make certain change. Like, there are so many issues with like accessibility for 
healthy foods in different areas. There are um, there's genetic factors when it comes to our weight that is primary, like primarily the indicator of what our bodies are going to. There's so many external factors that are not even in our control. And I think that perspective helps me sometimes when I'm maybe feeling like some of these more negative thoughts is to be like, okay, well, what can I control and what can I do to help myself? And how can I let give myself that break that you're talking about, Greg? David? I like that. I like that a lot because I always, along those lines, I, I don't say give myself a break not to be contrarian. I just say be <laughs> gentle and be kind mm. to myself. Be gentle and kind. Be patient. Be tolerant. The things that I've learned to try to do more to help other people, again, I'm being repetitive because it's, to me that's the practice. And I just want to touch on that for a minute. All these things that we talked about that are tools to help with the body image issues uh, of being negative and to be more positive, I have to practice them daily. And I get to practice them daily. And practice makes progress for me. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm just looking to get better. And as long as I continue to say, you know, positive things, um, I get to see that when I come into Kelly and Greg's offices, I see post-its around here and it makes me smile just thinking about it, that people have posted notes that are positive about themselves and for others. I could go in to use the restroom and it'll say something nice like, you know, be the change you want to see or like give yourself a break. And that comes with practice. Anything I've ever done that I got really good at came with additional practice. So that whole idea of exercising, um, of letting go, of giving yourself a break, of meditation has, has been great for me, um, and on and on. But those are all tools, but they take practice. I'm not going to do it one time and just stay in that groove. I have to do that on a regular basis and have to became get to. So when I started doing them regularly, I started noticing myself changing and I began to like myself more. And I stay with it because I know if I disconnect that I could revert or go to my default in my brain, which is tough on me again. I'm going to keep it, bring it back to a really simple kind of example because that's how I am. I'm very simple. <laughs> okay. So if you have a car and you're not taking care of that car and you're not putting in oil and you're letting it get really dirty and there's trash in the back and all of that, you know, we just not don't feel good about our car. And the more we don't feel good about our car, the more trash we leave in it, the less likely we are to wash it. If it gets a couple of dings, whatever, you know, we're not maybe not so careful when we drive about dings. So think of that as your body. But if you decide you get an old car, or a car that's not perfect looking, but you love that car, and you know it's going to get you around in the world, just like our container does that. I've called our body. I call it the container. gets us around the world. And we treat it really well. And maybe we get like nice shower gel and you know, <laughs> eat foods that we know really make it feel good and make it run really well. Um, and foods that occasionally make them happy, makes it happy too. Um, drinking lots of water, getting exercise, being out in nature is so important, being out in nature, we do all those things. You know, that body over time is going to run better and better because we're just taking better care of it. So I think that maybe that's a stupid analogy, but I think it's just an analogy to consider um, 
when you think about caring for our body, whatever size it is, um, whatever shape it is, whatever, you know, whatever it is, just being good to it. And that's the compassion part about, I guess that's gratitude, right, David, Greg, Kate? We talk about all the gratitude all the time. Can I just be grateful that I have this body that functions pretty well, you know? So yeah. many people I don't. actually love that analogy. I love it, the analogy, too. Thank you. It's good. Thank you. It's I didn't good. pay you a lot to like that. But in, general, <laughs> yeah, in general, though, yeah, I do think about all those people who who have bodies they were born into. Like I have, a, I have a nephew who's born into a body that is really severely disabled. And, you know, if he could walk, we'd be thrilled. If he could talk, you know. So really things like that, just gratitude helps me remember um, to have, you know, how grateful I am to have a container that works well. No. Yeah, it makes me think, mm-hmm. are we cleaning out the inside of the car and taking care of it so that other people around us and their cars look at our car and think like, oh, nice car? Or are we doing it because we like to be in our car and experience right. things in our yeah. car? Yeah, like, that's, yeah. a, that's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, and that goes for us older cars, too, as older models. Maybe we might be considered yeah. classics, right? <laughs> yeah. Classics are important, too. So <laughs> we're classic cars. How's that? Well, mm-hmm. I can tell you I'm just glad I don't have to get smogged. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask about that. Yeah. <laughs> let that one go. Perhaps oh an God. oil change. Ah. Oh, jeez, oh. Chloe, Chloe, Chloe. Oh. Where's our producer? She's got to yeah. cut these guys off. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, Chloe will cut off the part about hunka hunka burn on love. I don't know that that's something we're supposed to say on the podcast, but anyway. No, well, that's got to You're talking about me, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was talking it. about you. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to agree with her. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, you I pre, you can appreciate um, it's it ain't easy, you know. And this is all kind easy of personal green. journey mm-hmm. stuff. Nope. And uh, and it's just you know loving yourself is it, that doesn't come easy either, you know. Especially when you've had a past where you know, yeah, enough of that. But so yeah, I Kelly. Guess, yes, ironically, sir. I've had that vehicle that you were talking about. That I didn't take care of that was like a trash can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And today, seriously, and today, take good care of my vehicle that I use daily. Mm-hmm. But I even have one that's sitting in the garage that's five years old and it's pristine. Uh, and I love her. That right? is such a reflection mm-hmm. of, yeah, of the change. The change. In <laughs> exactly. You know, when we were in teenagers, three girl, three of us sisters were driving this Datsun. Remember Datsun? Yeah. A B. B12, B2, that's the vitamin. B210. B210, right? It was a little yellow, little yellow colored B car. And yeah. this guy went to buy it and he's, he's talking to my dad and my dad. And the guy says, well, has it had regular oil changes? And my sister, two years older, said, well, yeah, I just put three quarts in the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that was a little funny side. That's great. All right. Kate, do you understand that joke? Do they put oil in cars anymore? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah, she, she's the young and she's the young. She's a young and she's yeah. just a baby, baby. She's just a baby. Okay. Well, it has been lovely chatting. So just kind of close out. Let's just everybody take something you'd like to leave the audience with. So Kate, I should give Kate a second to go. I'll have Thanks. David go first. Something you'd like everybody to leave the audience with. Oh. Uh. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast with you. It's really an honor and a pleasure. I'm not just saying that. And it was fun. So I appreciate that. Life is short. It really is. Have fun. 
enjoy yourself and take good care of yourself. Put yourself first. It's Gregor okay to do that. Gregoria? Um, I, what I take out of this is about compassion for myself and actually for other people too who are like struggling with this because it really, it really sucks. And, you know, and, it, and it's, and why don't you share your compassion with the other person too? And, um, man, once again, just, just go easy on yourself. And I say this all the time, you're not alone. You're not alone in this little journey that we're, we're going through. So, and finally, Kate, well, this was super fun. Thank you for having me on. And I think the thing that I, um, the last thing to say is that we're the subject of our lives and not objects. Yeah, and so viewing ourselves as the subjects and in our bodies, that's just been a perspective that's really helped me love my body and be grateful for it. See, out of the mouths of babes, gentlemen, yeah. out of the mouths of babes, she is something else. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Caveman and Counselor, where we bring you a unique blend of professional insights and practical perspectives on behavioral health. If you like what you heard, please don't hesitate to share this episode with others. And don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date on future episodes. And hey, for those who'd like to support our work, we have a Patreon page where you can make a donation and gain access to exclusive content. Thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, take care of your mental health.